Hi, you guys. This is Richard Sachs. Welcome back to Lost Arts Radio. It's nice to be with you again. Uh, we've got a show tonight that I was really looking forward to for months, actually. And it's our friend Peggy Hall who came back. And um, she's putting out incredible energy into the environment right now, which is, I think, and, you know, she can confirm or deny my impression here as a bottom line, but it's really to get us back to a forgotten normal state that we've gotten really far away from. And we're supposed to be conditioned to abnormal being normal, but I don't think so. You know, so people are wondering how to get back, especially in the middle of a, an environment where we're being pushed. And we're going to give some specific information about that tonight. Peggy, for for those who don't know, is the former director uh, of teacher education at UC Irvine. And uh, I'm going to just go over a couple of things from her bio. We won't waste much time on on that, but just for the new people, because we like to make these shows appropriate, not just for people who are in tune with what we're talking about, but people who stumble across them and have no idea, you know, what any of this is about, what pandemic, you know, what emergency and masks are our normal face now. And, you know, they have no idea what's going on. And we want to share some deeper insight with those people, especially as well as everybody who knows what's going on. So, um, Peggy spent more than 30 years as an educator. And I, to me, that's really important. I think education is an essential element to recovering normal, real normal, the normal, not the one that they say we'll never get back to, but a much better normal than that. And it's in a way, it's all about education and consciousness and um, her, all of her work in education and inspiration has cul- culminated in this new chapter of setting up uh, the healthyamerican.org, which has all kinds of projects going on under it. And we're going to find out about those what's going on currently and what's planned and what she'd like to see happen in the future and what you can do practically to deal with the situations that you're surrounded with right now. So welcome, Peggy. Thank you for being here. It's really great to have you around. Richard, it is so great to be here. You and I connected early on last year, and I believe, you know, our interviews, those were some of the first interviews I did on a being interviewed and not just making my videos. And I feel like you are a touchstone for me. It's like, ah, back to earth, back to being grounded. And that I look forward to exploring that a little bit more in our interview tonight. And it's something that everybody's got, you know, because it's who we are and we we're supposed to forget about that. And I think that the qualifications that you bring, it's good to know about the conventionally stated, um, you know, credentials and background and everything, but it's consciousness and the fact that you're in touch with internal light and guidance and want to share that is what makes it valuable, in my opinion. So, see what we can do with that. So, for the people who have no idea what we're talking about, they think, you know, of course you get shots. That's the way to be healthy. And, you know, we're, yeah, we're fighting censorship and shadow banning, but I don't want to be overly careful to the point where we can't tell the truth. Right. You know, and we'll just end up on the platforms that'll still have us. And I'm looking for uh, defectors from within the system as well. So all you guys that are spying on the show, you're more than welcome. And we hope that you'll realize what your choices are, too. And because you're inside the system, you can do some incredible good. And so while you pretend to be watching us for censorship, try to learn something could really help your life. And uh, so for the people that don't know you, Peggy, one or two people in the world that are left that haven't seen <laughs> the healthyamerican.org, um, what got you to this point? I mean, you didn't always feel like, you know, you were going to save the world in this way. You were doing regular teaching involvement and stuff like that. 
What was basically the progression to get you to up where you are now? From a young age, Richard, I've always had a strong desire for justice. And I'm not talking about social justice. I'm talking about the equal application of the law. And I'm not talking about fairness and equality in any of that. I'm just talking about following the law, understanding the law, changing the law that you don't like, and understanding the authority or lack of authority for those who govern us. For some reason, that was an interest of mine from a very young age. And I went on in college to get a degree in political science to understand political systems, how people are elected or selected. And it was quite eye-opening for me at in my um, early adulthood. I had the desire to become an attorney because I wanted to fight for the underdog. Right. When I was in elementary school, I remember um, having the experience where there were what were called foreign exchange students back then. You know, now we have immigrants. And but at that time, it was very unusual to have someone in fifth grade that came from a different culture, spoke a different language, looked different than you did. And I had a great deal of compassion, of curiosity, of interest, of um, really affection for individuals that came from different cultures and countries. I was fascinated. I was curious. And while others were sort of ridiculing them, taunting, teasing, I wouldn't say it was bullying, but it was the sense of, oh, you're different than we are and you, you look different and you speak, you know, differently. And I was drawn to them. So from a very, very young age, I remember feeling curious and just connected to those that were uh, from a different culture, from a different country. And that mm -hmm. Curiosity stayed with me my entire life. I did a master's degree in international policy studies where I combined my interest of different cultures and customs with politics. And at that time, I actually worked for the Department of the Navy. So I got an insight into how the government actually operated. So from a very, I was like in, wow. you know, early 20s, mid 20s, I was astounded that what here I am, a, a young adult, thinking that things are what they appear and that what people tell me I should believe. But mm -hmm. I was exposed to things that I saw were fraudulent, were deceptive, were not what they appeared. And I remember wow. vowing at that age of about 25 years old that I was going to expose the fraud, the deception, where, wherever it appeared. So even though I wasn't vigorously engaged in that through most of my adult life, it was always an underpinning and the background of my drive. And that really expressed itself it, throughout my life working for animal, I don't want to call it animal rights, but really animal welfare. Mm -hmm. I did a lot mm -hmm. with animal rescue. And in that situation, again, I worked with county governments, city governments, private foundations. I worked for as a volunteer for huge organizations like the U.S. Humane Society, ASPCA. I saw a lot of shenanigans and things I didn't like there. The um, misuse of resources, the misuse of um, the public trust, and it always graded on me. Now, the profession, so that was my background life, my volunteer life, and that still persists to this day. I still do a lot in animal welfare. So I'm not really new to the scene in terms of understanding the shenanigans in, in government agent, agencies and people that are in positions of power that are abusing their trust. But 
when all this happened a year and a half ago, I actually launched myself on the scene by making an educational video called The State of Emergency in California is Null and Void because it never met the standards of the law. And because I like studying mm-hmm. the law, I ended up not going to law school, but I ended up just really uh, diving into a career of education, which I feel gave me a better position well, a strong position in terms of research and teaching and explaining things in a clear, comprehensive and concise way. So that's really my superpower is taking things that are confusing and helping to share that in a way that's understandable. And that's all I did with all of this hogwash that we're going through. People resonated with it and they asked for more. And that was the birth of the healthy American. People don't even realize there is that simplicity behind the facade. They think it's just impossible to understand. That's the nature Mm. of evil, Richard, is confusion, deception, and distraction, which I would love to dive into a little bit more because I think that is at the root of a lot of people's despair. The truth is simple. It is clear. And that's what we need to stand on. It's very clear to me there is right and wrong. There is Mm. good and evil. There is black and white. Not everyone sees things as um, stridently, perhaps, as I do, uh, because in our society, we are taught that that is narrow-minded and it's hateful, yet we know that there is good and evil. In the animal rescue world, it was very clear that there was cruelty to animals, and anyone that could see that could recognize cruelty, yet Are we supposed to dismiss that? No, we are supposed to educate, take measures, and there are consequences for action. So anyhow, yes, truth is simple. (laughs) What kind of animals were you rescuing? This was, these were mainly dogs and cats, although, um, you know, birds, rabbits were involved. Uh, but basically I was also in education. So I ran education programs to help those who may not have been brought up with an understanding of how to care for animals. Not everybody has to have a dog and a cat, but you don't throw rocks at dogs and cats just because you're not a pet owner. Living in Morocco and traveling around the world, I saw a lot of um, distressing events. This this marks 16 years since Hurricane Katrina, and I served there doing uh, frontline rescue work, which was very traumatizing. And I'm actually experiencing some of that PTSD with what we're going through right now. Right. you know, for humanity. So I've, I've been involved in that. It's very, there's a lot of um, emotional despair, a lot of psychological fatigue, and I'm seeing those same things with what people are going through now. Does this feel like a big Katrina to you in mm-hmm. some ways? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is uh, interesting that there was like a mini Katrina Mm-hmm. A week ago or so, which was exactly when Hurricane Katrina hit, I believe it was August 30th, I showed up on the scenes October 1st, which means it was close to, well, it was over a month since animals had been locked in their homes wow. and left. People left. They thought they were coming back in a weekend. And I learned so much about, oh, oh my gosh, so much about trauma and overcoming trauma seeing things that were really unspeakable and horrific, yet I got through it. And I'm here to tell people that you can get through what you're going through right now. Interesting that you were were drawn to finding out about corruption when you were in early school and it stayed with you all the time. That's the element that they don't teach about. 
you know, either early on right through uh, PhD school and medical school and all that, they act as if it doesn't exist. And it's a, it results in a different worldview. In other words, just believe the authorities. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. really that. And when you question it, you are ostracized. You right. are questioned. Mm-hmm. You are, um, you know, pushed to the side. I was one of those high achievers that back then, my view on education has changed completely. Back then, I wanted to get the straight A's and the mm-hmm. 4.0 because society told us you were, well, I received the messages from society as if I didn't do that, I would be a failure. I had to get a 4.0. And I right. remember going to a professor who had given me a B on one of my papers, and I knew that the paper had met the standards of the assignment. I had all of the footnotes, and it was well-researched, and it was well-argued. But I realized after my discussion with the professor, he didn't like my line of argument, which was I was citing with the well, let's just say I was not siding with the left-wing views that they were teaching us. Yeah. And I was presenting it more um, in, in a manner that was actually fair and the reader could draw their conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that young age, he actually didn't like my argument. It was not my research. It was my, not, not my presentation. It was not my writing. He did right. change that grade uh, because, and that's the other thing, we, you have got to stand up for yourself. You've got to stand up for yourself in all of this, whether or not, you know, regardless of the situation, looking back, I realized, well, you know, maybe I was driving myself a little too strongly to get approval from society. Uh, But whatever the case is, you need to stand up for yourself. And that's what we do with the Healthy American. We equip you to understand the simple laws. The laws are actually simple and how to apply them. Regardless of what the result is, Richard, we cannot have control. I had no control over whether that professor would change my grade. And I remember at a a young age, I was riding my bike to class, Mm -hmm. looking up at this beautiful blue sky. The skies were blue back then in the the 1980s. There were blue skies. And I remember thinking to myself, regardless of what happens, that sky is going to be blue. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm not going to let any professor steal my joy. I know the quality and value of my work. And regardless of what this professor says, I will stand on my, you know, the strength of my work. And I can't believe I had that at a young age. It was a very powerful experience for me. It has laid a foundation for me going forward, meaning I don't care what other people think. I don't care about the assessment or the evaluation of others. I only care about what I think, what God thinks, what my Mm -hmm. conscience feels. And I want to talk about consciousness also, because that is at the root of of how we are successful in overcoming any of the the waves of life, any of the storms, any of the, the slings and arrows. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's the essence. It's the reason for education. And really, education is not memorizing millions of facts, you know, that people tell you whether they are actually facts is another question. But um, it's getting in touch with yourself, right, and your ability to learn and to get in touch with your own inner guidance. Because one of the things that, you know, you're working on law a lot, explaining to people how to use the law, right? And um, that's understanding law, for one thing. But then there are laws, and the question comes up whether or not they're in harmony with the Constitution, in America, because they could be laws on the books, unconstitutional. And, you know, lest people think that we're just talking about our own country here, one of the great things about America is that the founding documents were for everybody. 
And they didn't say the American government gives only Americans, the God's favorite people, the rights and nobody else. It says every, every person, no matter where you're living or born, has the same rights from God, even if your government never acknowledges them. Natural rights, right? And those are global. That is so powerful, Richard, and that is what I hope people will understand. These rights, are you are born, just by virtue of being born, you are born with these natural rights that are, I believe, given to you by your creator, mm-hmm. but it's apparent to anyone who wants to think about that. The government and the, the um, schools have done a job of instilling this idea that the Constitution gives you rights. The Constitution is designed, it's actually a contract between we, the people, and those who govern us. And that is basically a contract that is being broken right now and that we are, are seeking to fix. But the most important thing for people to understand is that you are born free. You are born free. And you have the right to be free as long as you are what country you're in regardless of what country you're in and you as and the only rule is that you are not infringing on the freedom of others and when we speak about the masks and the testing and the tyranny and all of that i am not oppressing anyone by breathing freely there is no oppression existing or occurring by me living my life normally, but by someone else telling me that I have to restrict my breathing or stand six feet apart or not enter this building, that is an act of oppression. And to turn it around and say that I am being selfish, well, I'm not asking anyone to do anything for me. I am responsible for myself. And this is the main value or the main truth that I seek to Um, expressed to others is, please, why are you asking permission? Why are you asking permission to breathe? Why are you asking permission for your children to breathe? Why are you asking permission to be, yeah, to be excused from uh, some type of oppressive behavior from your employer? And we can dive into that because that's what's on everybody's minds as well. You know, and if we go over time a little bit, don't worry about it because this is really important. Yeah, I mean, this is not supposed to be a momentarily interesting show. We're trying to shake people into an awareness of more of their power, not over others, but independently in themselves. And I think when you bring up the idea of freedom, that you're born free, you made a big point of that. Well, that needs to be understood again. And, you know, it's been criticized by the media as being selfish, but everybody in existence that's ever lived has been 100% selfish uh, in the sense that they do what they decide they want to do, whether it's good or bad. And consciousness that you brought up is the differentiating factor in how they express that. So the people that aren't very aware, that think they can get ahead by hurting other people, their selfishness is expressed in crime, not necessarily breaking statutes, but doing things that are bad for other people. And then when they get wiser, and they've been around a while, and hopefully they learn some things, they realize, yeah, they're still 100% selfish, but we're all connected. So if they want to help themselves, they know they have to pour out everything they've got for other people. And it's the most selfish thing they can do. So when you're born in a free country, 
which actually you're born in freedom even if the country is not recognizing that, then how you respond to health situations varies. And if you're in, you know, how can I say this? The, the founders of America, though they had a lot of things to still accomplish and learn and their ideals have never been fully lived up to yet, we can do that now, hopefully. But they had the understanding that individual freedom is worth the challenge of having to be responsible for your own life. So in a free country, even if there was a real pandemic, the government can't order you what to do. It can say, well, you'd be safer if you hide in your bathroom. And then if you want to do that, you can. But it can't make that a law. Even if it's a real law, it's an, it's an illegal law. It's null and void because it goes against natural rights. Right? And it's more dangerous and more risky than a go- in a country where the government just tells you what to do. And a lot of the doctors and health officials don't get this or they get it and they're part of the power structure. They think it's going to benefit them. But they just assume that the best experts in the government are the ones who have to run your life. And hopefully it's the absolute best experts. And that's completely opposed to what you're talking about. There are so many uh, rich points in what you just stated, Richard. I want to go back to consciousness and awareness and self-responsibility. That's what this is all about. At the yeah. root of it all. Yeah. So consciousness, in my understanding, is basically being aware. What right. am I doing? Why am I doing it? What am I thinking? Why am I thinking this? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Right. And our right. society has done so much to deaden those natural feelings of curiosity, of self in self curiosity, right. and we are deadened through. Uh, onslaught of music like never it is astonishing to me well i'll tell you i'm going to tell you a few personal things i've never shared before sure and um i actually played music i i studied the piano i studied the violin i was in orchestras and performances so i have a background in music i want to just put that on the table okay and i i um love classical music i would love to play some beethoven i mean i have a piano in the living room so when i say this next statement i just want everyone to understand where i'm coming from i never owned a stereo i never played music like listened to music oh, okay. when I was in college, everybody was showing their stereos and let's come over and listen to music. Right. Personally, now everyone's different because that's part of your own choices and desires and all of that. Mm-hmm. I never identified with spending time listening to music. And perhaps it was because the music that I was exposed to, I intuited the presence of evil. Now, my my husband used to laugh about this when I would talk about Jethro Tull, and I thought I could never, I was 13 years old maybe when Jethro Tull was, I don't even remember, but I remember thinking, I don't want to listen to this, it harms my soul, I feel agitated, it feels dark, I don't want it, and I wouldn't do it. 
And I think at that young age, maybe 11, 12, 13, I had older cousins that would, you know, play music and they were probably getting loaded. So I didn't like any of that. I didn't, not, not everyone has their own lifestyle choice. I'm not making any judgment. I'm yeah. saying what I experienced for me was a rejection of spending time listening to this music. And I believe that has served me well through my life because, and the same thing, I don't watch TV. I never had a TV. I don't like television. I also felt, and my parents had a TV. I would, I would, you know, come home from, you know, college summers or whatever, and they're watching TV. I felt it was depressing. I felt it was a distraction. I felt it was a waste of time. Somehow in my life, I never watched TV, listened to music, watched the reality shows. I don't listen to the radio as I'm driving. I do not use my mind for those activities. I use my mind for thinking, for thinking about things, for noticing things, for figuring things out. And I believe that our society is based on distracting people. The word entertainment means to entrap your mind. It is taking your mind away from its God created ability, which is to think and reason and to draw conclusions, not to just spin and spin and spin without ever understanding anything. So I, I actually have never shared that story before. I, I, um, to this day, my husband will tell you, I do not listen to music. I like to play music, but I, I spend my mind doing other things. Well, and boy, it's really important story because you know the difference that when you meet a kid that's been homeschooled versus uh, public school and uh, they're like different species. One still has the feeling of being more normal. The other one's brainwashed and really programmed. Not that the public school person like, you know, I was subject to and maybe you too, not that we're bad for that. But it's really harming us, and then we have to recover from it. Well, it's the same thing besides school with all the other media. You know, you're in school when you're wrapped up in the media 24 hours a day, and it's like another form of public schooling that the media creators are making for the same kind of brainwashing. And when you're free of that and you stayed away from it, your intuition told you not to get wrapped up in it. It's not just for thinking, which is really important. It's for inspiration. Mm. What just comes to you when you're quiet, you know, and also common sense. Because the other, when you're not, when you're wrapped up in all these impressions from the outside, it's overruling common sense and it's telling you what to think and feel about everything. You're right, Richard. And the result of that is that many people want to be told what to do. They actually yeah. want the government to tell them. Some mm-hmm. years ago, um, I've been to Australia several times, and I'm glad I have been because it doesn't look like I'll be going right. anytime soon. And, you know, people are, uh, Americans often don't realize that Australia, New Zealand, and Canada are all a part of the United Kingdom. Yeah, they're under the queen. Yes, they're under a queen. They are under one person rule, basically, or the idea that one person is better than you, higher than you, and can tell you what to do. So that right there um, sets us apart. Even though we share the same continent with Canada and, you know, Canadians travel, for, uh, you know, it's not the same system. It's not the same political system. And their political system is one of socialism. Now, when I was in Australia recently, a couple of years ago, um, a friend of mine who's a travel writer, 
she was lamenting the fact that a paycheck hadn't come in and she was living really, um, you know, paycheck to paycheck from this travel writing. And I know her as a well-known um, travel writer that has gotten awards and she goes on all these trips and mm-hmm. she's a well-known figure. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. She's living paycheck to paycheck. And I said to her, well, can't you get more assignments? You're so well known and you're going on all these trips. And she said, well, if I started to earn more, the government's going to take more. I purposely turn down jobs. So I stay under this income and, bracket. And, and I she's was in Canada. At, you said this was Australia, Australia. Sorry. Okay. And I just, my jaw was uh, hung open and I thought, and she said it so matter of factly. Well, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to earn more because I'll be taxed more. That is what squelches the uh, desire for innovation, for right. self-improvement. And it's not just about money. Maybe she's fine living at that standard. It's just the example of living in a system where she didn't bother to question it. She didn't even complain about it. She didn't say, isn't that horrible? Gosh, mm-hmm. maybe I can make some under the table. There was that lack of, of, of innovation and that creativity that Americans have. And that's why I'm so optimistic, Richard, because the Americans, the true American spirit is universal. And what I call the American spirit is that flame of freedom, that desire to improve um, not just your life, but life. And that can never be squelched with those that are standing on, on truth, on faith, on freedom. And really truth to me is a higher value than even freedom because we have had a false freedom that was not based on truth and it lulled people to sleep. So my job is shining the light of truth, bringing, um, Truth as I know it, as I am able to express it, helping others open their eyes, wake from their slumber. So the other thing I wanted to mention was this awakening, this really opening up your awareness, your consciousness that Mm -hmm. has been slumbering, intentionally lulled to sleep by media, society, schooling, all of these elements. And I am very hopeful and I'm very optimistic more and more people are waking up. Yeah, I totally agree. So what you have to do is merge the waking up with whatever situation we're in and see how to put those together, right? So you were studying cor- or noticing corruption in your early school, that all these institutions were corrupted. And what do you think's going on with that? Why is that so widespread in this particular time? Yeah, well, Richard, it is the allure of evil, and there's a great deal of deception. Uh, It's right down to the uh, local level. It's not just, you know, high-level government. Yeah, there are... I come from a Christian worldview, but regardless of the label you want to put on anything, there is an inherent... um, My belief, there's an inherent desire to understand the purpose of life, why you were created... how you were created, why you're here, what's the purpose. I truly believe that. And those that are separated from that questioning or curiosity or connection will sort of choose that other off-ramp. I have family members, extended family members, Mm -hmm. that have no sense or belief in the value of life, meaning they believe life is random. They just evolved from nothing and life is short and they die and that's it. And there's no deeper meaning. 
individuals like this that are separate from a sense of awe about life, mm-hmm. of um, why you were created, what's the purpose for your life, to me, my experience has been they are more easily drawn to a very remote, removed, even cruel existence because they don't value this idea of creation. So my view would be there's, they are separated from their creator. They are mm-hmm. unaware of their um, unique value, the masterpiece that they are. And right. add on to that all of the messaging from society that you're not good enough and who are you to be so smart and accomplished and you're never right. going to amount to nothing. And that's selfish of you to make that money. And that continues to minimize the individual's value and this idea that we're part of a collective, which we are, we are, we are the drops in what, you know, the, of the sure. universal ocean, but to minimize the value of the individual is very, very harmful. And it falls right into the hands of the evil doers that want to control the masses rather than the individual. So we see it at every level. They are trying to claim importance and value for their life. And sadly, they're doing it by oppressing others. So there's different levels that that applies to, right? That it it is acting in different ways. For example, the general run-of-the-mill population, those of us just regular people, were trained to obey orders and let the experts take care of us for the reason that you said, because we don't have much intrinsic value in ourselves. But then there are people within different levels of the power structure who have decided that they can get ahead and take a paycheck by oppressing people. And their understanding is probably similar to what you said, that there's no other real meaning in life. So get as much power as you can, you know, make the money because that brings you up in society and do whatever you have to do because there's no real truth. There's no, no real values other than what you can achieve in your, in your status. Right. And then there's those higher up that know they're in a destructive paradigm. And, you know, even the ones that aren't real high in that, like in Australia, you were talking about what's happening now, the police that are clubbing people for not having the mask on. Right. I mean, they're not the high-level rulers, but they've, they've gotten into a mentality that they're willing to do stuff like that and justify it to themselves. Just imagine what would happen if they all defected. I mean, it would change things a lot, right? Well, it's Richard, like in the 60s, they had a bumper sticker that said, <laughs> what if they gave a war and nobody came? And I I'm love saying, it. What if they gave a police order in Australia and nobody followed it? That's the only real remedy. And I remember in one of our earlier talks, you said there are those that are influenced by evil and there are those that are evil and that the the true hope is to um, not just fight and yell and be angry because then we create more of that evil, more of the darkness, more of the, the They heaviness. love that frequency. They yeah. love that. And I had such um, an epiphany. You know, I've been very vocal at our board of supervisors and a quick snapshot of my journey. So a year and a half ago as a teacher, and I uncovered all these laws and I thought, wow, these 
uh, public servants, they don't realize they, they must not have seen this law that they're breaking. I'm going to bring it to their attention. So I typed up all the laws. I emailed them. I went to the board meeting. I said, oh, you, you probably don't realize there's a health and safety code that says you have to terminate this local health emergency. Are these school board people or government? These people? are government. These are county county commissioners, which in my experience right. are the most corrupt because they yeah. have quite a bit of power within a within their realm, which is a county. So it's larger than a city. They are more right. separated from you. Like you might even know your mayor. You know, somebody on the city council sure. might be your dentist or the real estate agent. You start getting into the county level, at least in California and where I live, the, you know, we right. have 3 million people in the county. So you're quite separate from them. You're, you're and not they're run supposedly them. elected too, right? They're supposedly, supposedly, supposedly elected, but I'll tell you, they run such a large portion of the, um, of their government and the amount of money that comes into the government mm-hmm. and the types of contracts that they're giving, which has to do with the sheriff and a lot in where I live. There's a lot with mental health. There's a lot with uh, homeless. There's a lot with, of course, the health department. And we have an airport. So there's money going over the airport, the parks, mm-hmm. the counties, uh, the county beaches and that kind of thing. So there is a lot of money that goes into the county. Then when you're at the state level, you're even more separate. But a lot of people don't think to fight that. It's like, oh, the governor is so far away. So the county I have found also in my research has shown that the number of officials that end up in prison, usually they're county officials. So the county is extremely corrupt. I didn't know this. I I came very affably and very sincerely to say, these are the laws you're violating and you really should fix it. And then they didn't do anything. So I thought, you know, I must not have done it clearly enough. I'm going to go again. And then I went again, nothing happened. I thought, you know, Maybe I wasn't angry enough. So then I started to get angry. Now, maybe I need to bring more people. So we started to get hundreds and thousands of people coming. But finally, Richard, I realized they don't care. They're doing it on purpose. And it's exactly what you said. They love the peons coming in front of them, hat in hand. Of course, I never begged or asked. But many people came in front of them. This is just food for these narcissists that people are coming to them in droves and the power that they have over their lives. So my idea was we all show up, but we don't go in and talk to them. We hold our own meeting outside and we withhold the power that they think they have. We show that they are insignificant, that we're not Mm -hmm. even going to go speak to them. That's how little, uh, you know, they, that's the impact that they have is so little that we don't even right. need to speak to them. So that's my new approach is I'm not even, that's I'm really going to interesting. live outside of that. So I you am, were, you were saying this is the real county. You guys inside are just the corrupt little criminal. That's right. right. And we would let everyone speak. We would even have, I would love to have our own. Um, and I know there are people that are doing more of a structured assembly. Mm-hmm in the counties and the states, which is great. I'm not involved at that in that at this point. I think it is important to start creating your own systems and just render all of that null, void, and insignificant. Right. They, narcissists and those in power, love to see the people get angry, yell at them, exactly. you know, point at them, and they're like, wow, we're really having an impact. So, my view now is to pull the carpet out from under them, not give them that power. I'm not saying 
let them continue to do their evil deeds in darkness. I'm still exposing them. I'm exposing them online. I'm doing videos. I'm writing letters. But I am not going to go. If I go to another meeting, I'm actually, I had a healthy American. She sent each one of them a Bible. And she said, you should start praying and learning more about good and evil because you're totally participating in evil. I thought it was brilliant. There are many people that go up in front of them and pray for them. And I thought, you know, that actually can happen. They do need it. They do need it. So I I think we are all evolving, Richard, in our approach. In Orange County, we've been very vocal very early. Some counties are only now starting Mm -hmm. to get up in front of their uh, servants, like in San Diego and even in other states. So I think, you know, given every system has its own schedule, I think given some time, people will realize, like these school boards, why Mm -hmm. are your kids in school? I am not going to have any school What a a strange tradition is to give your kids over to those people. Uh, It's horrible. I'm fighting against it. I have freedom learning, which is a methodology at the Healthy American so anyone who's interested, I would recommend you go to thehealthyamerican.org. Click on Freedom Learning. There are several hours that you can view of free content to get you going. If you want to get into it deeper, we do have a whole certificate program. My goal is to help encourage people to start their own freedom learning groups. You don't need any right. any any credential. You don't need any one seal of approval. You is, can get started Is that started a kind of homeschooling or... It's better than homeschooling. It is like that. And the difference, homeschooling for many can sound intimidating because they think they have to purchase curriculum and, you know, look over the shoulder of their child and teach them mathematics. Freedom learning is self-directed student discovery, exploration, creativity, having fun. They're literally only doing, you know, academic stuff for about an hour a day. The rest is self-directed, creative learning. They thrive they excel, they never want to stop, and we have you know, many, many ideas along those lines. It sounds like unschooling. Have you heard of that? Yes. Uh, Dana, Mar- Dana Martin, right? Unschooling it is, uh, has an influence in this approach. Unschooling um, can be, it's more unstructured, but for some students, they need some choices, like would you, like, let's do this, this, or this. What do you think? So okay, within right. somewhat of a structure so that some parents also feel like, well, if I do the unschooling, my kids are going to sit around, watch TV, and play video games all day. Mm-hmm. So we do give a lot of learning activities, suggestions, ideas, and it also works well as a transition from kids that were used to having their Everything academic, you know, structured out and parents are like, what do I do? I just can't let the kids sit around all day. So it's on the spectrum of being in a traditional classroom and unschooling. We're probably Mm -hmm. a little bit here, a little bit, a little bit more close to unschooling with some specific suggestions. And yes, it is. That's why it's called freedom learning, because they are free to learn. And we've got many, many ideas for learning activities. We give ideas on how the kids really make the learning their own and they absolutely thrive. And it works for everything. We've got a parent that's got a special needs child. She uh works all day and she has a special needs uh, son and she did it for her son. And then her daughter 
came out of school as well and thought, I want to do this. I want to do this too. And she said, it's not just about learning. It's about living. Their whole family is living better. They don't have the emotional upsets because they know each other and the kids are being heard and they're, they're really living in their genius. So this is uh, like all in the theme of getting back to the forgotten normal. Right. I love it. I love it. I call it better than normal. (laughs) It's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. So if the mother is working all day, and the two kids are in this program. Who is supervising them during the day? Well, these kids are old enough that they can be on their own. Okay. And if you have kids that are young, let's say eight, nine, let's say under mm-hmm. the age of 12 or 13, right. um, they can either have a babysitter who is trained in our method okay. and they can do these activities better yet is you can connect with other parents and one day you've got the kids and another day they've got the kids mm-hmm. further. The learning activities don't have to be done between eight and two. You can have, regardless of what the kids are doing, they might be in other classes or something. Let's say, you know, dance or sports or something like that. Right, right. And then the freedom learning can be done on the weekends, in the evenings, on the after, in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. It also works for those that are uh, in a situation where there's divorce and one parent has, while they have custody of the kids, they're in the traditional school and then the other parent can have them out. Or let's say there's a grandparent that is saying, oh, I don't like my grandkids being in traditional school. What can I do? They can do freedom learning activities on the weekends, in the evenings, as a supplement. And it's more important to to do it when the kids are in traditional school to undo all of what's done and to use that traditional school setting to develop critical thinking skills and let the kids start to question the assignments and what they're being taught. So it's never a loss. You should probably have some part of it real early that warns them about what they're getting in traditional school. So they don't get blindsided by it. That's right. Absolutely. Both psychologically and physically now. Because one of the things about handing your kids over to traditional school or public school or even most private is that they could have an outbreak declared one day. And you might not see the kids for a couple of weeks. And you don't know where they'd go. They don't have to tell you. It's extremely dangerous to have your children in public school, not only is the curriculum harmful, but exactly what you said, Richard, you have given your children to the government. And if yeah. why, why would you do that? And I understand why, because we were told that that's what, you know, public schools and you go to school. Think of all of the right. um, sayings that we have in our growing up, like, well, you know, you can do that after you get your homework done. Did you do your homework? We can't go until your homework's been done. You right. know, oh, I got a note from the teacher and teacher knows best. Think of all of those sayings we have. It's and not I, just school. It's part of your whole life. Everything, oh, uh, the way you spend your whole day is what are you told to do? That's right. And what are you told to believe? And it, that's, that's, know, that's right. the opposite of the new normal that you're getting back to. I mean, the real new, not their bad new normal, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like question everything. And the origin of teachers and parents was supposed to be guidance by wiser people, not just by authorities. That's right. Right. So when when the authorities are corrupt, that's the situation we're in. How do you recover from that? The parents have to wake up for one thing. I mean, if you're trying to save the kids and get them in a better environment, you always have to deal with the parents, right? That's right. 
And that's the beautiful, uh, wonderful thing about evil is evil carries within itself its own seeds of destruction. Evil mm-hmm. only destroys. It does not create. Right. Good, God, these are creative forces. Evil, um, <sighs> darkness, that's why it's dark. It only destroys. So right. this idea of pushing the needle, as I call it, or the, the scams or testing or other things, it actually is backfiring. And I'm in a wonderful position to hear from thousands of people all over the country, all over the world, telling right. me that they're getting their kids out of school, that they're leaving their jobs. We have medical professionals leaving in droves. Look at what this is going to create, Richard, an opportunity. In fact, anybody out there that's listening, we are very, very interested interested in having conversations with those of you that would like to create medical centers that are based on freedom. So there are doctors, there are nurses, there are occupational therapists, there are physical therapists, there are laboratory um, professionals. All of you are needed now to work in these um, facilities that are not going to be governed by the government, meaning we're not talking about, you're not going to get Medicare money. You're not going to be under uh, that. But we will have opportunities where people who who had their medical care paid for by Medicare, there will be other opportunities. Medicine should not cost that much money. It should not cost hundreds of thousands of dollars well, to have ru- and, routine medical care. And very little of it should be required anyway. Absolutely. I mean, probably 98% <laughs> of it should become irrelevant. Absolutely. We're talking about colonoscopies and screenings and all of that. That is another one of these things that is backfiring. Some people are going to be healthier, not going to these doctors and having their routine care. That's right. And um, I think I told you my mom was a, I I, I said that my mom was an ER nurse. Maybe it was on a previous interview. I don't remember. Um, my mom was a nurse in the ER for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. So she was in trauma medicine. So that was fix them up, car accident, gunshot wound, break right. broken leg, right. get them fixed up on your way. She was the exact opposite when it came to managed care. She did not care for people being on medication. She actually was very, very critical of the medical industry. And, you know, Richard, I rarely ever went to the doctor and I was not vaccinated as a child. I I had chicken pox, measles, mumps. Wow. The polio vaccine came and went before it, I was even yeah, on the so scene. Many so many things in your life have prepared you for your current function. I do believe yeah. that that is to my credit that I have not had those. Oh, um, yeah. We had a, a guest. Um, I wish I could remember her name. Maybe it'll come back. She's in California. And she did what's called the control group. All the kids, you know, just from their past records that had never been vaccinated up to adults and the ones that had been and the correlation with every kind of disease. And it was uniform. Every single disease was radically different. Even ones you wouldn't think would be related. And a lot of it, we've been captured by language and words. You know, I'm calling things what they're not, euphemisms. That's right. Injecting toxic mixes into your body through a hollow needle with the idea that that prevents disease. You know, I'm not saying to just believe it doesn't, but I checked back to uh, 1796 or so when Jenner started the whole thing. And I see no evidence that it ever prevented any diseases. And it's taking credit for things that didn't stop polio and smallpox. That's right. Stuff like that. We need to go even, we need to go deeper, Richard. One of the, one of the things I challenge myself to do is let's let's look at that. Ne- let's look at the layer under that, and let's question, question everything. Yeah. Let's question this premise: What is wrong with being sick? 
I just did a video called What is Wrong with Being Sick? Or, well, to answer what? that, you have to know what is being sick. And there you go. And what is wrong with that? Maybe your body needs it. You know, that would be like saying, oh, my gosh, all the leaves are falling off the tree. The tree must be diseased. That's right. No. Exactly. That's a perfect analogy. The tree loses its leaves during a season and there goes into a type. And I'm not a botanist, but I can it's see a brilliant, with my own It's a lives. brilliant function. Absolutely. And then it comes back stronger. We know that. Um, so why, why not we have seasons in our body? Why shouldn't, why should I be deprived of being sick? Why the should controllers I are going to listen to you and say, ah, new disease, trees leave, losing their leaves. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I always question the actual premise. What is wrong with being sick? What is wrong with having a disease? And actually, right. what is wrong with even dying? Now, I, I speak d- from experience where I lost a sister. She yes. was 19. I was yeah. 18. Wow. And it was it was a trauma. It was a tragedy. I mean, I still... I still grieve her loss to this very day. There's not a moment. Well, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of her. And right. I think of her with, with fondness and, and with sadness and all of that. But we don't have the mind of our creator to know what that purpose was. Perhaps right. her early death had an amazing impact you exactly. know, on the world. We don't know what that is. And she may be fine now is the point. Absolutely. Too. I believe she is. Yes. And there may have been a richness in her life. She may have been absolved or prevented of far more tragedies and suffering down the and road. And she may be in her real life now. Absolutely. It's, it's, we have no it's way because of, of the of word death. It. it sounds horrible. That's you know, right. It's so, like you're destroyed, <laughs> right? That's what happens to everybody to look forward to. You live your life however you want to try to be happy, and then you lose and you're destroyed. Oh, you know what, Richard? That idea in our society that... That, that you lose. Think of all of the expression. They lost their battle with cancer. Exactly. He didn't make it. He didn't survive. And it's like, what are you talking about? He, he achieved, he achieved the next phase. Exactly. She got <laughs> free of the suffering part. Exactly. So this idea of battling disease, I've never cared for. You're right. fighting against your own body. You become an enemy of your own self. You can love your way. You could love your, di- I don't even like to use the word disease, but your, your condition. So I'm always questioning and I am not mm-hmm. minimizing anyone's suffering. I had my brother-in-law, may he rest in peace, had a massive stroke. He was an invalid. Well, he was in a wheelchair for 12 years, but we don't know. Maybe he was having the time of his life. Maybe he was happy not to have to take out the trash and, you know, go go do normal things. Maybe he liked sitting there watching the tennis matches on TV after living, you know, 65 years of of hard work. We can never know what another individual is going through further. People who say that those that are suffering should just be put out of their misery. They are doing that. Who are we to deprive that individual of their inner world? We may not see what they're capable of doing. And what about those that come and care for those that are infirm? Maybe that nurse had a greater sense of compassion, you know, at my brother-in-law's last moments or something. Yeah. We cannot minimize. And um, I don't want to uh, interfere with, you know, life and death, basically. Well, you believe in freedom. I believe in freedom. Which is what you were talking about, yeah. And the thing is, too, even if there should be some wise person to advise, which is okay if they really are, but it's the individual's choice anyway. But when you have people advising and controlling that are not coming from a point of wisdom, 
you know, and everything's been infiltrated and corrupted, then, you know, what do you do? And I think what you were saying is you create what my response to you was the first time we talked. I don't know if you remember, but I said you were going to create a parallel civilization. I love it. And I I think that's what you've been prepared for. Because as things are crashing, because they're based on corruption, and they carry the seeds of their own destruction, as you said, if nothing positive is created at the same time, the suffering phase is not so good. But if something could be created while that's falling apart, you know, for example, the people you said that were losing their jobs or leaving their jobs because of the requirements and stuff, if they could be directed into an emerging new society, new civilization, it wouldn't have to be the same intense experience. And they could use that time creating the new stuff. Somebody has to have the vision to be, I mean, this. Just, I think you have an amazing ability with organization that's really unusual. And you can contradict me if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think that's true. And if you combine that with compassion and understanding and insight as to why the old one's falling apart, maybe that could be a an ability to direct the emergence of the new civilization, like we were saying before. And we just said it in passing. But that's a big project that deserves some attention, right? And, and you're already doing it in a way. But maybe to realize the global scope on which it's urgently needed would put a different perspective on it, not to change what you're doing, but just, you know, the depth of the project. It's not just what it seems. I love how you that? put that. I love how you put that, Richard. Compassion, understanding, and insight. It, those are so important. We do need to have compassion for those, even those who are oppressing us. It's very yeah. difficult. It they is could defect. difficult, but they are suffering. And as you said, you're inviting the um, visitors uh, yeah, who might just yeah. be watching. And I've done the same. I know that on my calls, even those that are people that are paying and investing uh, for my counseling and Pastor David, I know that there are those that have signed on to um, see what we're doing. And I also invite them. And in fact, I think they are there exactly for that purpose, to have mm-hmm. their hearts softened, to have that little bit of a light start to come in. And I have my rants. Heaven knows I get angry. I, I, I am. It's something that I am aware of. <laughs> I really have a, a temper and frustration and all of that. But at sure. the root of it, you know, we acknowledge it, we release that, but the, the true thing is to feel compassion for those that are oppressing us. And there's a wonderful wow. book called um, Tortured for Christ. And regardless of anyone's faith or, or, or no faith, it is a story of um, Nazism and communism in Romania. And this pastor, Richard Wormbrand, was imprisoned many times for sharing his faith. And he mm-hmm. speaks about praying for the very people that are actually torturing him and there are instances of the torturers having an about face and that's exactly what, what we're talking doing. about so i mean if you talk has, about christianity that's supposed to be one of the core elements you've got and, a, it, you know i mean yes. the idea love your enemy sounds really nice to just repeat it in church but <laughs> when you're right. in a situation like he was you know where he actually did it the effect is incredible it's, it's amazing. The other reason I want people to read this book is he talks about living under the Nazis and how Nazism was nothing compared to communism, that the horrors no, of communism, uh, they say, wow, we wish we had the Nazis back 
And that Nazism kind of prepared them for communism. And I've shared this in Romania, in Romania. Okay. And the very presidents of Romania that turned to communism were the first to be executed. I'm sorry, the, the, um, yes, they were the first to be executed because that's exactly what communism does. So the totalitarian regimes are going to get rid of the very people that are complying. So you and I, people think that you and I are going to be the ones that, you know, they call it the tall poppy. We're sticking up. We're going to get, no, 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 no. They're going for the ones that are easily manipulated. They're going for the ones that follow the orders because they know that they, that if a new regime comes in, that they're going to follow the orders. So those are the ones that are not trustable. They're, they're, they're not trustworthy. And those of us that are standing strong actually will be, we're not the low hanging fruit. So I want everyone to know that. But this book is so inspiring because he talks about also what happened in the churches, the churches that went along with what the government required. And again, these, these, um, bishops and pastors, they were the first one to literally be exterminated when the new regime came in. So stand your ground. Come with us. Let's create this new community, this new society. It is the only way. It's the true way. It's the way that God created us to be. And I, I actually feel, Richard, that we are turning the tide from fighting to building. And of course, everyone, you, you always need to have a certain amount of protection of your family, of your well-being. Richard, you've told me many times to protect my health by getting to bed early and treating myself well. So yes, protect yourself, protect your family, you know, fight off the evildoers as needed. I've been, I've been saying, you know, 50% fighting, 100% building. You have to mm-hmm, be spending a hundred percent of your time creating and building and finding another way. Right. So and I think 80%. inviting the bad guys in is really important. Yeah. You know, because the vision of mass defection, you know, and I would say, you know, if you're in Australia right now and you're watching this and you work for the police department, it doesn't matter if you've been clubbing women all day or whatever, you're invited, you know, because you can change things. And you have a special opportunity if you've been doing the worst stuff, you know, because the impact of that magnitude of change is amazing. And then you inspire other people. And it could be a real pandemic of consciousness within the Australian police department, within the the health officials, anybody, the people censoring for big tech. If you're in a position like that, it's great because you can make it start a big change by defecting yourself. You know, either go to Veritas or um, just figure out what you can do, maybe without losing your job, you know, until you make other arrangements so you'll be okay. But to to plant some kind of a seed of change, it's going to germinate soon. And I, I don't think any seeds are, don't germinate. It's a question of time. So there are some that can happen faster. And I can't imagine yeah. any bad uh, position or profession that we're, we wouldn't want to invite to join with uh, with light and change. It, it all needs right. to be uh, done, Richard. And I do want to just put on the record, the idea is that the, the powers that be just become inconsequential. So, yeah. you know, this is not, we're not talking about a, um, a revolution. We're not talking about kicking out the, the we're talking about, Live and let live. We're going to live our way, just like sure. the home schools. There's nothing special that needs to be done. You're just educating your kids. Well, you know, I'm going to be growing less and some less veggies. People, less and less people willing to follow violent orders. 
That's right. And you, know, you just like, leave what if it the behind. Police commissioner in some really bad place says, kill them all. And all the, all the men and women in the department say, what other artists have you got? That one's not very good. Yeah. You know, exactly. And that's what, that's what needs to be done right now. The, I want to talk for a moment about employees because they are really mm-hmm. under the gun now. And what's happening is there are these mm-hmm. artificial deadlines being imposed by different companies for employees to get the, uh, yeah. injectable right. cocktail. I call it the poison needle and mm-hmm. these artificial deadlines. So it also, puts me in mind of if this were really something that had to be done, wouldn't it all be done? Like you have to have this tomorrow, everybody across the board. Why is it that some of these places are like, well, January 1st and others are October 15th. And we can see in our business because we've got these waves of people asking for our help. And what's happening is the, these are artificial arbitrary um, demands. And to me, it's no different than your boss saying you have to sleep with me in order to keep your job. Right. It's no but, different because it is a you violation can wait three of your weeks body. To do it. <laughs> That's right. And uh, well, if you can't sleep with me, you have to at least come to work without your clothes on. This yeah. is, which is probably the least harmful of all of what they're asking. But I talking yeah, about waking people up, really. Richard, what, what I think we need to do is use this shocking language that is like a wrong note on the keyboard, because right now this music is being played and people are, you know, you have to protect me yeah. and this is what we have to do. And the health department said, and we can't say things like, well, I don't want to. And, you know, it's my right, because that's just part of the song. We right. have to say something so shocking, such as, well, are you going to require every pregnant woman to have an abortion? Because her baby might have this disease. Right. You have to find something so shocking, like, well, I, if, it, if it was my employer, I would actually use that example of, uh, well, I wouldn't sleep with you if you made me, if you told me that was the condition of my job. Right. I'm trying to find that, that note on the keyboard that well, makes them go, I th- what? I think the challenge for doing that is that they think they've found the sacred excuse, which is health. If you don't go along with it, you're endangering everybody's health and so there has to be a response to that you know i'm not asking you to commit a crime for nothing i'm asking you to do this as a sacrifice for everybody's health because if you don't you're going to be killing everybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's really what they're saying and whether they believe it or not they're acting like they do that is the, the meme. That is the theme. That is what people are being told. I uh, was on Facebook, which I don't spend a lot of time there. I do do some lives. Mm-hmm. And I caught a couple of um, memes that were coming around from those who believe that I am responsible for their life. And it's unbelievable what they, act- what they believe. Yeah. That it's so interesting. If I have that power over your health... Then, then give me the power over your health. Give me the power over your health, and I'll put you on the what time you have to go to bed, and how much exercise, sure, and what you're sure. going to eat, and all of that. But so, do I have power over your health or not? Uh, this is completely unreasonable. And the examples that I give are: um, Why do I have to put on a raincoat to keep you dry in the rain? Well, they're trying to delete common sense completely. That's right. Because if the vaccine works, and I'll, you know, take the chance of saying that word. Yes. If it works, then 
you're fine. Nobody can touch you. That's right. You, you can't get sick no matter what. So what they're trying to do to overcome that obvious question is say, well, it works except it doesn't work if anybody else doesn't take it. And I mean, if people could still have rational thought, like you were talking about before, that would never work. But people are used to just absorbing nonsense and memorizing it and repeating it. Yeah, so it's... it's um, the, the injection works for me unless you don't do it. It's absurd. It's like, uh, you have to take aspirin so I don't have a headache. Your mask protects me and my mask protects you. So why don't you wear mine and now you're good? <laughs> it's even closer. <laughs> no, it's not that way. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I did. I do have a woman I was helping and she works um, in radio mm-hmm. and she's been working at home all this time. And now they want her to go back into the studio and her colleagues have done the deed and mm-hmm. she hasn't. And so she put in for her, she invoked her exemption uh, to figure out the accommodations. And they said, well, we need you in the studio and you can't cover your mouth because no one can hear you. Oh, really? That's what we've been saying for the last year and a half. Finally, you know, no one can hear if uh-huh. you have your mouth obscured. Right. And she said, yeah, but the other people that the, the sound engineer and all that, they, they are, they're covered. Why uh-huh. do I need to? I'll, I'll stay six feet apart. Well, it's not safe because you're in the same little booth and i she's still waiting to hear back from them because those were the exact questions um does it work yes or no and if it does then he's covered and i'm fine by myself and if it doesn't why do you want me to do it if it doesn't work and there's never an answer for it richard there never is there never can be and we have to continue to keep pushing them on that what they're trying to do with that is say well, we thought it would work, but it's not. But the next one really will work. <laughs> or you just need to get it three or four times, and then, then it will they, really they're work. They're going toward yeah. once a week, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it will be. And, you know, it, what, what will happen, and this is why I really counsel people to don't even fake it, don't do a fake card or whatever, because no, they, right. will bring, they will bring the shots to work. And you're going to sit down like they do with the flu. Remember, mm-hmm. everybody has the flu clinic at work, and right. you're going to sit down in the multi-purpose room or in the cafeteria. They're uh, going to plop you down into a chair, and they're going to watch you be injected. So you can't right. get out of it. Do not take one. Do not say, well, I'm just going to do it this once, or I'm going to lose my job. You can never go back. You stand your ground, and you find right. a new job. I promise you there is something better out there for you. And this is part of our new society. And Richard, what we are going to do, I think we'll start in October. We are going to be doing um, monthly calls with those who are interested in being or learning or sharing or contributing to this design. And we are looking for people. And this is not my idea. People have thought about these types of communities for ever and there are some people that even have blueprints of you know shopping malls and where the medical center can be and the you know the gymnasium and the exactly and they're not they're not communes though they're not communes they have to preserve individual freedom and that's right you know private property and absolutely not a commune you are not living communally these are like um centers that you would the view I have centers that you would go to and they would even be, for example, there would be a building that the dentist would lease, right? He's paying a lease on this building and next door is the chocolate shop and next door is the, the church. And then we've got the, you know, the, the one room schoolhouse or what have you. And these would all be individuals running their business in a freedom friendly fashion. These are template communities, right? That could be done everywhere. 
Absolutely. Look at all of these empty um, buildings. And the idea would be that they would need to be owned or leased by other freedom people so that you're not under that situation. I know veterinarians and other dentists and so forth that are operating their businesses according to law and according to freedom, but the landlord wants to kick them out because they don't believe that they're operating safely. So we need to make sure that we have the property owners or those who can invest. So Anyone who's interested, please make sure you uh, get on the newsletter at that, thehealthyamerican.org. There will be a small um, fee that we're going to ask for people to contribute to these calls. Number right. one, so that we know that they're sincere. Number two, that is going to help to create the funding to get this type of uh, operation off the ground. And There's I would a lot love to- of detail in this, yeah. And then we want people who are good at that. We want people who are, are the planners and the builders. Right. And, you know, I'm really the visionary and the encourager and the you can do it because we can do it. And, you know, Richard, we I saw a property not far from where I am now, and it was an old style um, ranch that actually has buildings that's ready to go. So I want people in whatever area you live in to look for these types of properties that you might be able to get investors in and take them over and start thriving. We need medical centers. We need um, senior centers. We need animal shelters. Do you know they're closing the animal shelters? They're not allowing the volunteers to go in there and help with the animals. No, I I mean, it is a In in Australia, they're killing the animals because somebody might cross a border to pick one up. It's just um, one of the things you need, need to, to be this. as a as a visionary because that's your department, which is going to affect everybody in the organization, is the money system. Because you can see that one of the elements of the current plan is not just the pandemic; it's to take the value out of the current money system so that fiat money goes to zero. Mm. That's in the plans, and it's well advanced. Yes, yes, and that's the reason for the economic policy right now. It print endless amounts of money and shut down supply chains. And if you do that at the same time, you're guaranteed that the value of the money is zero at a certain point. So, foreseeing that and knowing that real money systems are based on something different, um, that should be in the works now. Absolutely, that's you know, oh, that's such an important part, Richard. Most of the people are going to be coming into this new idea without resources. Yeah. They have their experience and their consciousness, but they're going to be wiped out financially. I would guess 90%. So thinking ahead, how those people get into stable positions within the new structure, I think that really needs to be looked at. I, I could see a series of those calls almost as shows, maybe, so that everybody could participate. Really looking, you know, like the architecture of the new system. I think that should start instantly. Yeah, I think so, too. And that money aspect of it is really important. It puts me in mind when I was about nine or ten years old and we would go on camping trips. And I remember one time in Yosemite. You know, there were several of us kids and cousins and so forth. We must have been nine, ten years old. Right. Uh, we put together this um, fair sliding down rocks and we had tickets that were made out of sticks and leaves that everybody had to collect. So even at that moment of time, as a nine-year-old, we understood the idea of exchanging value of we put together the ride. Now you got to put something, you got to. Yeah. The money system came from barter. Really interesting. 
Right. But then barter evolved yes. because it was inconvenient. Not everybody wanted a pig or a new car or whatever. And <laughs> right. so, but the problem was that the banking was very quickly infiltrated with corruption. And they claimed to have gold in storage that they didn't have. And it evolved into a fiat money system and they got caught and it was a mess. So if that started without the corruption, which you could do now, if you ever want to start a series of those calls and you want any involvement, I'll do it with you if you want. I do. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. I, I Definitely, we need to look at that piece of it. And there will be barter. I think that needs to be an important part of it. Oh, for sure. It. It's and just I, that a lot of people will have things that nobody else that's wants. That's right. Yeah, it's like I got plenty of jam now. <laughs> yeah, <needs>? exactly. <laughs> but it, I, it, it is an important... Um, I'm also looking at the bartering of skills because that is what... Um, right. can be one aspect of it. And isn't it interesting, several years ago, I noticed, maybe you did too, a resurgence of the bartering. Yeah, um, it, People were doing a lot, like, I teach yoga, I'll give you a massage, I need a haircut, I think I'll fix your great. tire. But I like, love ev- that. Everybody needs food, yes. you know, as far as I know. And so, everybody needs something that's acceptable at the grocery store or whatever, whoever's selling the food at the farm, you know. Yeah. And that quickly gets down to a system like gold or silver. And the founders of the country were looking at that and saying, they were asking the same question, how should we do it? And what they came up with is gold and silver. Sounds pretty good. It has a lot of advantages and you don't need computers for it. That's right. You know, it's, it's still tricky if you have to be on horseback riding with your gold and silver and you get robbed. But that's consciousness again. Yeah. You want a society that's built on not just money, but some kind of higher values. You know, it's so interesting looking back in history, if we can even believe it. But uh, some of the things that we've read about, you know, the trading post and all of that. It's, right. it's something I always had a fascination about, like with my international travels and things. I love the idea of the trading post. I love the idea of people coming together and there's the community, there's the involvement, there's the value, there's the looking forward to next time. I right. know that we have a lot more density in the population, but I'm seeing a lot of these freedom centers being, they're going to look different depending on where people live and they're going That's to right. They're going, that's how it should be. I, it should not be a top-down blueprint. It can be helpful ideas, and here's what we need to think about. But yeah. each community needs to do it differently. This can be done in a high-rise building in New York, and it can be done in the cornfields of Illinois, and it can yeah, be done in someone's are. garage, you know, in Phoenix. People, you know, I know somebody who's actually doing a farmer's market in their on their driveway, and they right. just got the farmers and they said, let's come on a day that you're not normally doing another farm. We're mm-hmm. not even going to charge you. These farmers, when they go to the farmer's market, they have to pay. They pay that, that farm man, the, the market manager at the end of their day and they right. pay for the stall. Why right. not just come? Don't pay us anything. We just want you to come here so we can buy the food. And it's a win-win. Those things are already happening. They already are. And we can build on these ideas. So, whether or not, you know, I personally have anything to do with it or not, it sounds like you would have like a weekly meeting, maybe. It's just an idea of the architectural work for the new civilization. And all these details will come up. And they all have to be in harmony with the higher value of loving your neighbor as yourself, basically. Because otherwise you get into people trying to take advantage of each other. 
And if you know it's yourself in another form, then loving your neighbor as yourself is automatic. You don't have to memorize it and force yourself to do it. You see it, right? And you, you do. And I think what we've been through is like a type of birthing process where there has been so much um, hardship for people that they're ideally willing to look at a different way, look at another way and realize, you know, the way that we were doing it before didn't work. We have I think to some really something. smart yeah. financial people who are not corrupted and are not thinking that the purpose of finance is to cheat and deceive people. They need to be found instantly. That's right. And cooperate with each other and say, knowing what we do from the experience of this country so far and other countries where things have failed, how do you set it up? You know, assume you don't have a computer because you can't, can't rely on that. That's right. What should the money system be? So that, you know, not, there's a reason to not have it based on socialistic principles because it destroys incentive to do anything. And it, in, it evolves into tyranny. So it has to be self-reliance, like the trading posts you were talking about. But somehow we got to get people into it who come in with no financial resources. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people on the air are saying, well, first just buy some land, you know, get a few hundred acres, and then plant a farm, and then get all the tractors, and you know, stockpile all the you know, resources that you need, and then this is how you do it. And they call that prepping. And it applies to a thousandth of a percent of the people. The rest of them can't afford it. So we have to do it for the rest of the people too. But not in a welfare sense, in a way that people put in energy. That's right. Right. Yeah. And and that will reveal itself because there are those that want to do the so-called sweat equity. There are those that would rather um, be behind the scenes. And I... Just in the environment where I live, I see it a little bit more urban, and I think yeah. it's great. And I think those that have that view of, yeah, let's have the homestead and all of that, that's, that is a part of the population. There's a part of the population here that, you know, within a stone's throw, there are shopping centers everywhere. It's like, well, why, right. don't, we, why don't we just start with that shopping center and, like, find mm-hmm. out who owns it and if they're right. freedom-friendly. And let's put the, you know, you're a dentist, and you're being told that you have to give your license to the state, just open up your own dentist office that's outside of the state operations. We'll just call it private or come do house calls. There's always another way, Richard. There's always another way. And my goal is to just help people start thinking about different ways. There are plenty of nurses and doctors that are ready to walk off the job. And I'm saying, perfect. Now you can go into house calls because there are plenty of people that are being turned away from these hospitals that need to be seen. And let's create a system where we can put the two together. That already is starting it without any building, without any, um, you know, investors. It's like, let's just start doing it right now, what we can do. And just like we're doing with the freedom learning, get your child out of school. Mm -hmm, Today, mm -hmm. you have the rest of your life to figure out what to do with the education. They're not going to fall behind. They're actually going to thrive. And in the meantime, uh, here's a babysitter that has gone through our program and a lot of these people are paying for their kids to be in private schools. They should yeah. get their kids out of the private school and yeah. find another way. Get with a couple of other of your neighbors, hire one of those teachers from that private exactly. school that they also doesn't want to go along with all, with all of this. Right. And 
these ideas do come easily for me, Richard, and I realize they don't come easily for everyone. I, I just have a way of looking at possibilities in life. And if I yeah. can spark the imagination for someone to say, hey, I never thought about it that way. What can I do? And that's the idea with these. Um, so we're doing the, the classes for the freedom learning. We're doing the classes right. for the religious exemptions. And very soon, I'm looking forward to doing these classes, or I really would call them conversations for the, the freedom communities. I mean, that, call them whatever you like. It's right. just living in freedom. And I love the idea. I think it's an opportunity for people to really expand their consciousness and their awareness and ask themselves, how do I want to live? How do I really want to live? Also, this is a really important time because the money system is kind of still intact. That's so important. It looks like it's targeted for termination in this country and most of the world, but it's not gone yet. So as long as it's recognized to have some value, what do you do with it? The people that have it, right? That's going to matter for the future. Right. And if we're in our own societies and we have dollar bills that we add our own, we attach our own value to that, right? One dollar might be enough to, might be sufficient to have your tonsils removed, you know? And we don't know. A penny might be perfect for getting a haircut. So we can actually establish and use what we already have. Local systems. yeah, there there are things to think about. I those are some conversations and thoughts that I will definitely look forward to exploring. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So right now, the main things that you've got going are the school part first, right? Yeah, and are you, you're educating people about basic self care and health issues as well, right? Because people are really terrified of the so called pandemic, and this is what's yeah. being used to justify tyranny. So. When you're, you know, those conversations that you were talking about having with the boss or the city council or whoever, their justification that they're all falling back on is, yeah, it, it's really not desirable, but it's necessary for health. And they're making it very difficult to tell the truth about that stuff because what's going on is not what we're being told. Yeah, it's, it's very deceptive. That is the nature of of evil, the deception and the distraction, and also keeping people focused, I call it in the spin cycle. So, you know, trotting Mm -hmm. out the new sensation and then letting people glom onto it. A lot of these stories are planted. A lot of them are sensationalized. And I'm I'm in the position, as I'm sure you are, Richard, where people are constantly sending you links to videos and news Uh stories. And I'm, I'm so skeptical of it all because... It's another spin cycle, the distraction, mm. kind of like that rock music that I never succumb right, to, right. Um, to keep you from looking at the truth of, of what is. So I want to, um, as we start to wrap up, I want to share something that I'm going to be doing starting next week. And you mentioned really, you know, elevating people's health and well-being and so forth. So I'm starting a new show and it's called The Healthy American Morning and it will be aired in the morning, you know, like around 10 a.m. Pacific time. And the idea is to help um, encourage people to become resilient, to acknowledge their own resilience, their own ability to bounce back from what's going on. It's my view that the most important thing we can do for people right now is to encourage them to not give in to the psychological despair, to not give up, to say, you know what, this I've been so pressured, I'm just going to go along with it because I can't take it any longer. 
that's that is the plan of the evildoers. That's true. So my my healthy American morning is going to be back to a show I used to do a couple of years ago before all this started, and it was called PMO, Positive Mental Outlook, and it was intended to help people understand their own personal power. And ironically, Richard, I had a whole, I had like two weeks of a series in that show that was called the Me First Movement. Remember the Me Too movement where sure. all of these people were being, you know, all that. I, I called it the Me First Movement, that you've got to put your self first. You've got to put your That's health great. first. You've got, to put, you've got to put your own responsibility first. Do yeah. not rely on others to be responsible for you. And you should be responsible for those that are underage or, um, you know, don't have the capacity, you know, right. elderly or, or ill or what right. have sure. you. But I am going to reclaim and restate this idea of personal responsibility, of taking care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit, of really taking care of yourself, of not spinning in the spin cycle and spending hours on the internet, even if they're right. looking at, you know, freedom fighter videos. No, sure. you've got to do something else now. Don't forget we're the basics. A, we're in a new phase. Don't forget the basics. So I'm excited about that. That'll be a Monday through Friday show intended to elevate, um, you know, one's outlook so that you feel that you have the resilience to keep um, forging ahead. And that's and 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time? That's going to be time. 10 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, it will start out as a premiere so people can watch it all together. And then ideally it will be streamed live. I'm just, um, I'm in transition right now with the, my, where I'll be filming. But sure. once that comes online, that ideally wow. will be a live show. And then I'll, st- I still will be doing all of my freedom fighting speaking on the law and all of that. But Mm -hmm. I need a break. I want to have some fun and positivity and uplift and talk about everything that's going well in life so that we have the wherewithal, the fortitude, the the persistence and the ability to withstand these storms. So it's kind of like batting down the hatches, right? We're putting up, we're inspecting the sails to make sure they don't have any holes in them Mm -hmm. so that we can weather these storms. And it's fun and it's going to be positive and inspiring. And I want everybody to join me that will be aired at the healthy american on youtube and i do have my backup channel living swell uh, so if you have whenever to, i get taken down <laughs> right okay so it'll be on on healthy american unless it needs to move to living swell L- living swell and that will be on youtube and um i Ideally, I may be able to stream it on Facebook as well, but I do have a private channel, PeggyHall.tv, mm-hmm. uh, similar to your, your groups here where you get right. additional content, which is ad-free, censorship-free. I'm so grateful because I have sponsors who have reached out to me. Uh, gosh, it was about eight, nine months ago. And wow. they said, we like what we're doing, what, what you're doing. Um, we are a patriot company. And if mm-hmm. you are interested in airing our messages, we would love to partner with you. And I thought about that long and hard because I had been filming and airing my videos without any um, advertising or sponsorship for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that could come across as, well, she's just trying to make a buck off people. And I thought, it doesn't cost you anything to watch an ad. It actually costs right. you nothing. This is free. Right. And if you don't like it, just fast forward. Well, people have been taught that anything that makes money is bad. <laughs> I don't think they realize that it costs money. I mean, I have a, a film editor uh, who helps me you know, upload right. and, and uh, troubleshoot right. all of my tech stuff. It costs money to do this. And 
So I'm grateful that I do have a sponsor. And so this show will be sponsored by Biotrust. And the other ironic thing is... And and when you get a break, tell us what Biotrust is. Okay, so Biotrust is um, actually located in Southern California, and it is a health and wellness company. So they have supplements and powders and um, health and beauty products, everything done from a natural approach. And, you know, Richard, before I did the Healthy American, I actually, I had my my show, Living Swell with Peggy Hall, Mm -hmm. and I made my own health and wellness products. I would, and I had my um, energy fiber and my fat burning fiber. I had those created for me at a local bakery and I would actually have them packaged. I would make the labels. I would ship them out myself. And my husband said, sweetheart, this is not sustainable. You need someone to partner with where you are not creating these um, supplements on your own. And I'm like, well, I'm sure the day will come, but I can't let my customers languish. They're always asking me, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I would Mm -hmm. say out of stock and they're like, Oh, when is it going to come back in? And I thought here, look at what the Lord delivered. They found it a perfect partner for me. They even have some of the same exact products, slightly formulated, slightly differently. But I had, uh, you know, products that were for energy, that were for your skin, that were for your digestion. And they have all of these products that they make. And I simply um, share their message. So I, so I, I'm is, thrilled Is there about some it. kind of a code that people use so that you get credit for that? Or how it, Yes, it, it is all, uh, the websites all carry my name, so that will all be in the uh, programming. For example, it's, you know, age with Peggy, glow with Peggy, health with Peggy, that kind of thing. So each uh, day that that they're sponsoring something, I will have a link for. Okay, so it's changing all the time is what you're saying. It, it does. Yeah. I have some core products, but they'll they'll see that once they're they're watching the show. Okay, because so if, if there was if there are any that are stable all the way through, we could mention them now oh thank you yes well there is a product that everybody likes it's a collagen product and it's called healthwithpeggy.com and people like that for their skin their hair there's another one that i do a facial serum called glow with peggy people love that and uh, i use all these glow 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 with peggy i use all of these products there's another one called keto k-e-t-o Keto with Peggy. I don't do a keto diet, but this powder is from um, coconut milk and fatty ch- uh, medium chain uh, fatty acids, which are really good for your skin, your joints, your energy. That one is Keto with Peggy. That's okay. a regular one. And okay. then um, the new one I'm doing is Reds with Peggy, R-E-D-S, and that is for energy, mental clarity. It's basically, you know, fruits and veggies in a powder okay. form. Okay. Uh, those are the main ones that I have going, Richard. Thank you so much for asking. I love the company. I have many, many companies that have uh, approached me because of the growth of the channel. Mm-hmm. And I have turned down many people. So this is something that I have not just done randomly. I look at the sponsors as they come. I will ask to use the product first before I would endorse uh-huh. it. Okay. And, um, and this is one that you like. This is one that I like. Yeah. And, the, the and people like it. I get good. feedback on it. Okay, neat. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's I think great. That's great. So uh, this allows me to do this type of work because I, I lost two jobs in all of this hogwash last year. I worked for right. the community college and I worked for a local city. And both of those, first of all, just sent me home. And mm-hmm. the one I was a contractor, so I never got paid. 
uh, because wow. I wasn't working. Wow. And the other was community college and they stopped giving me assignments. And I actually did not even go forward with unemployment because I did not want to participate in, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. And because I have the sponsors now at the Healthy American, luckily I didn't need to do that. But this yeah. is my full-time job and I'm loving it. And I'm yeah. grateful that God created it this way, that all of the circumstances, and I want everyone to understand that. You may be in the stormiest seas and you don't know that there is an oasis just a little bit ahead. Exactly. You, you've got to persist. Don't stop swimming when you're almost back to shore. <laughs> Please, exactly, exactly. And it... it I do believe there are going to be brighter days ahead. I will not give my mind over to evil thinking that that everything's going to go downhill. I am a right. realist. I am aware. I am alert. I am following, what, following what's going on. But I, I will continue to focus on the positive and on the brighter yeah. days ahead because that's what we are going to create. Yeah, I totally agree. And just with that focus, you're creating a different future as well. So just real quick at the end here, what do people get with Peggy Hall TV dot TV? Oh, it's great, Richard. You get all of my content that has been removed from other platforms. Even BitChute took down my videos about the FDA and Johnson and Johnson. They were very um, sneaky about it because it looked like it was the right video. But then when you clicked on it, it would play an older video. So I asked my editor, oh, I think you uploaded the wrong thing. And she did it again. And she said, no, they are showing the video and not playing it. It happened. So so did BitChute ever communicate with you about that or no? No, no. I can't get through to BitChute. I don't even know if there's an ability to communicate. But I am on everything. I'm on Rumble and Telegram Uh and Instagram and Facebook. So they all have it all has slightly different content. I'd love to do lives on Instagram and Facebook, but PeggyHall.tv has exclusive videos. I will probably air this one, Richard, if you give me permission. I'd these like you these yeah. are videos that are the long form interviews that are not airing on my YouTube channel. Okay. This is truth that is too hot to handle. I can also you, can you do it with a link or do you need the file? Um, I can probably get. Yeah, I would need the file so it can be okay. up, uploaded. Um, so so we'll send that to you. That that's brilliant and. Uh, if there is, if there are other interviews that you think are really popular, Richard, I would love to air it there as well. Okay. Because my, my goal for PeggyHall.tv is it is our own, um, sanctuary where we can speak freely and we can have conversations about topics that I don't even talk about on YouTube. We are going to have someone come on Saturday, which you know is the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. He has been yeah. studying 9-11 and all of the shenanigans that went on with that. And he's right. going to be revealing his research. And this, I am not going to air on YouTube. It's not. It's not the platform where these things can be spoken of. I also have a lot of in-depth interviews with other healthy Americans and what they've gone through. People that are fighting the fight, that are getting medical care. I have a story of a fellow that I, I have an interview with a fellow who refused to have a COVID test. He had an infection in his foot and a kind freedom fighting doctor did not agree to did not want to transfer him to another hospital because they would not let him in right. he did the emergency he did the surgery in the emergency um it was not even the, it was not even a uh, a surgical center a surgical 
setting, but yeah. he performed the surgery in that exam room. This is what I'm talking about. There's always another way. He didn't yeah, get tested. Yeah. He didn't get the vaccine. He didn't get transported. The doctor took care of it. Now there are, he had to go through a lot of hoops, but these are the kinds of stories that I bring. I've got I stories that's of incredible. fighters. Um, these are long form interviews. And then I've got all of my appearances that usually last like two or three hours when I go to speak in public. Right. It's usually a two to three hour event. All of that is available. And none of that is airing on the public platforms. Plus, you get everything else that airs on the public platform. So it's a one-stop shop. It's a library of all yeah. of my content um, without the ads. So if you want to see the ad free, we remove sure, the ads sure. and you can um, enjoy that. And it's 15 cents a day, a diamond and nickel. It's $5 a month. Wow. And um, we really appreciate it. That actually helped. I have to pay for the service. So that actually okay. helps so, us pay yeah, for we'll, the service. We'll promote that. And it's, yeah. it's the best... Um, it is the best guarantee, again, against censorship. Now, there may come a time yeah. when this platform says, you know, you're getting a little too uh, truthful there. But right. I've had it for um, since March, and I've not had any issues. So, so if, we send, if we donate some files, what kind do you want? You know, I'll put you in touch with um, Emma, who takes care okay. of that for me. And then and, she can describe uh, it. That would be amazing, Richard. I would love to share. You've got such great interviews and it would be a very valuable um, addition. And plus, I want them yeah. to learn about you and see you and all the great work you're well, doing. And it helps against the places where those things disappear. That's right. <laughs> you know, because at least they'll stay there. So that's Absolutely. great. So, you know, I, I keep trying to wrap up, but there's, there's just so much that, <laughs> that you, you brought up. It's so important. And um, I think one of the key things that you mentioned is being aware of what's going on. You know, like the pandemic is a complete fraud, but not letting yourself absorb the negative energy from it. And we talked about this originally when we were on the air before. And it's like splitting your attention so that your analytical function is aware of everything just strategically, but your emotional connection of what you're eating on an energy level, you don't eat the poisonous energy of the whole despair paradigm, you know, which, which is being pumped into the atmosphere by the people at the top of the negative power structure right now, because they know about the importance of positive and negative frequency and emotion. So we should take their guidance because they're right, you know, and put out only positive, you know, love-based instead of fear. And you can't do it by suppressing how you feel. You've got to relax and let that other junk just go and let the mind not do it anymore. That's right. That's right, Richard. Um, My husband and I did a, a three-part series, which is at PeggyHall.tv. We're actually yeah. allowed, we're, we're giving that as a free gift to those um, just to come and see, try out and see what we've got here. So right. it's, a, it's a few hours of content all about healing broken relationships. And wow. the first um, 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour, is all based on releasing these intense emotions and releasing the intense emotions appropriately without um, harming yourself or harming others. And you're absolutely right. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be expressed. They need to be processed. Otherwise, it's like having... Um, a piece of glass in your foot and it hurts to walk on, but you, you need yeah, to clean exactly. it out before it or can It's heal. also like gunpowder, you know, compressed in a shell. It's oh, gonna, yeah. With enough pressure, it's going to mm. explode. 
You know, and your husband's name is David, right? That's right. Yeah. And he's doing all this great work. Sometime we should have a show promoting all the stuff that he does. And it would be fantastic. If he's interested, I'd like to do that. Oh, and, that would be wonderful. You know, I'd also like to talk to him because um, I think what you're describing that he's doing is incredibly important. And I want to just donate some observations that he might be able to do something with if oh, he's, ever, you, if he's ever free to communicate like that. Thank you, Richard. It would be wonderful. Yes, he is um, doing so much to give people uh, hope. It's really care for the soul a lot along the lines of what you're talking about. And most of the counseling that he's doing, although they call because they need help with the religious exemption, that's not it at all. Exactly. They are um, they are despairing, and we need to keep keep our head above the waves. So that would be relationships are all being trashed too. You know, people are in relationships wanting things that are unrealistic. Right. And not not being there to help the other person, but to, you know, fill up their deficiencies from what the other person's supposedly doing and usually doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. No, <laughs> that's part of the, the me first and uh, really empowering people. Number one, to know that it's OK to take care of yourself. Number yeah. two, you have to take care of yourself. It's number the most three, generous it, thing you can do. It's the most generous thing you can do. And it is it actually is selfless but i think selfishness we need to redefine that as well and just take charge of our language again and it can be done you know incrementally it's kind of like giving first aid and then um you know helping people understand moving ahead things that they can do which actually it's it is a new way of looking at things and um but it's really the only way (laughs) that's i hope you'll give us i know you're overwhelmingly busy, but I hope you give us updates once in a while and stay in touch. Absolutely, yeah. Richard. This is my pleasure. I love uh, our get-togethers here. And yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get Pastor David on. I want to, yeah. If if he's open to talking to me at some point, you know, that would be great. I'll, I'll send so, him your text uh, and we'll get you going, yeah. Okay, and in the meantime, everybody should subscribe to PeggyHall.tv and I'm going to do that tonight, too. Thank you. It should be great. So hold on, we'll say goodbye in the break here. Okay, you guys, there goes Peggy Hall. So hopefully you can tell why I was uh, really excited about getting her on. She's doing such great work. I think it's incredible, along with her husband, Pastor David. And uh, two things really strike me about it, I think, as bottom line. One is spreading that energy. The other is, I think, and I have thought since we talked to her in the first show, that she's working on building the foundations of a new civilization. And instead of just being occupied completely, you know, in battling the old corrupt system, which is infiltrated at every level, right down to the local level, um, she's creating something different. And I know that there's a bunch of famous quotes from people, I don't remember who they are at the moment, who said, you know, create something different, basically, and make the old system irrelevant. Instead of burning up all your energy fighting it, you still you still obviously have to fight to defend yourself if necessary. It's better to avoid those situations if you can, but if you're trapped and you have to fight defensively, obviously you have to do that. But um, the main creative energy goes to creating a new system where the things that we don't like about the old one are corrected and Peggy was telling us many stories about how from a young age she has been realized the importance 
of seeing the positive outcome, no matter what you're surrounded by, no matter how horrible conditions are, that anybody, any regular person would just want to give up, which once you've had a little experience, you realize that never helps at all. You give up, you make things worse. And I think she really has uh, digested that lesson completely and is inspiring everybody else to see the best, deal with what's around you, but hold the image, not just in a thought, but, you know, what gives it power is the emotion behind it. So hold that, and she's a living example of it right now, and all of us can be, which I think was incredible. Um, So she's starting this show on YouTube, thehealthyamerican.org, called Healthy American Morning. It's, I guess it's about to start, and it's going to be 10 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday on YouTube, healthyamerican.org, thehealthyamerican.org, or as a backup, uh, Living Swell, um, which is also on YouTube. And then I thought, wow, it's time to join PeggyHall.tv. I may not have time to watch it all the time, but it's a great thing to support independent media without censorship. $5 a month is very good price. All kinds of materials on there that she doesn't have to censor. And it's going to be a, a good investment. So I encourage anybody who wants to to do that with me and we'll sign up. I'm going to sign up tonight or in the morning. Um, what else? Follow her work, thehealthyamerican.org. It's a great website. It's got tons of material on it. Uh, educational information on what to do in very hard situations where you're dealing with mandates or uh, people in government at various levels from federal to local telling you to do things to hurt yourself um, that are unconstitutional, unethical, against natural rights, and a lot of extremely helpful legal interpretations and things like that that people can use. And we have to stay like she talked about, true to the concepts of individual freedom and natural law. And that's what's so amazing about the foundation of America, not that anybody's lived up to this, you know, totally up to now, but why can't we do that? You know, instead of saying, well, the founders had all these faults, you know, some of them had slaves and they did all kinds of immoral things in their private life and they weren't perfect and you know, whatever, you know, they, they were humans learning the lessons of human life. And instead of just attacking them for that, which I don't think does any good at all, it doesn't show that we're brilliant, you know. Sometimes people think that if they can condemn some important or famous person, that makes them, you know, look more empowered themselves. It's just the opposite. It's a waste of time. And instead of that, think, wow, these are amazing principles that they came up with individual freedom where the government is the servant of the people to protect their individual rights, not the rights of the whole, not officials telling you how to live your life, what you can and can't do, that you have to be trapped in your house. That's not the American idea of government. And and like we said, it wasn't just for America. That was what one thing that was so great about it. The foundational principles of the country where it wasn't saying, well, God just likes America and everybody else is foreigners and doesn't matter. It was saying all humans are born with the same natural rights, whether the government knows it or not. 
and a lot of governments that know it want to deny it anyway. And, and the idea was that the natural rights belong to you wherever you are. You could be on another planet. You'd still have the same rights because God is not only local. You know, it's with you all the time. And so um, we have a chance to live up to that now. Live. I mean, the basic idea was live and think and speak and believe whatever you want as long as you respect everybody else's life and liberty and private property. You don't burn their businesses down like crazy, you know, people did in the summer last year in America. You don't, you never do stuff like that. That's not, uh, that's what's so crazy about the whole socialist, communist, Antifa, BLM type approach to things. You guys who are within that movement, you're not enemies of anybody. You're, you're humans, just like all of us are. So we need to stop the idiocy of fighting each other and um, just realize how much brainwashing is controlling humanity. If you're within the power structure, if you're listening in Australia, if you're working for the police department and they're telling you to club people who come out of their houses, you know, at some point you have to say, wait a minute. What's wrong with this picture? You know, like like the bumper sticker in the 60s, what if they gave a war and nobody came? That was a really good bumper sticker. It sounded silly and, you know, like it was some just liberal fantasy or something. The liberals at that time were not as insane as now. And um, But no, it's not a crazy fantasy. It's real. It's like David Icke and the other people who are calling for mass noncompliance, Chris Sky and great leaders like that. That's what it's about, not just the people on one side living for freedom, but the people on the inside waking up and saying, wait a minute, what if I didn't serve the evil? What if I'm working for a conventional media station lying to people for a living and I break free, go to Project Veritas or do it in whatever way you can or you know, keep your job if you don't can't afford to be without it, but Figure out how to use it for good. What if you're a health authority who's telling people to do things that are extremely unhealthy, which you know, <laughs> in, even, in spite of your education, you haven't lost all common sense. What if you were quiet and realized, wait a minute, cutting off somebody's breathing does not protect their health. Injecting poison into them that has graphene oxide and uh, it's not gene therapy, it's gene corruption, and it's got all this stuff in it that's really, really dangerous, and no person or animal should ever have it injected into them, and I'm pushing people to do that. Wait a minute. At the end of my life, and I want to look back and see what I did, don't I want to feel good about at least the last part? Really think about it. You're totally free to make a decision. So we're not acknowledging that we have to be split into two sides wanting to kill each other. That's the idea of darkness. And it's really, really stupid, you guys. Races fighting each other is very stupid. Genders fighting each other is stupid. Social classes fighting each other is ridiculous. The reason you can love your enemy as yourself is underneath the enemies just like us. So if you clean up your own internal emotional state and put out the frequency that you want 
and say that everything that you feel and think is broadcast all over the sky for everybody to read and then project what you want. If people did that, nobody would obey ridiculous things. Then you have mass non-compliance. You got to do the work internally. So anyway, I know it's a long show already. We got to shut up and let you go. But um, this is Sunday night show. We also have a show on Saturday afternoon, U.S. time anyway. All the archives are available. If you go to lostartsradio.com, you can see where we're not censored and where we have live and recorded shows, archives and everything. Some are just audio, you know, and some are where you can dial up on the phone like blog talk radio and listen while you're driving or things like that. A lot of places where we're not banned, and you can share the links, and that's really helpful because the censorship's getting tighter. And uh, the other thing is if you have discretionary capital and you want to help keep us on the air, we probably should do some kind of commercials, but I haven't found any that I feel comfortable with, and I'm not going to ever do any commercial that I don't feel honest with. It's not going to happen, you know, so that we don't go off the air. There's a donate button on lostartsradio.com. And also on subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. If you have the means to help us, that would be really good. Um, Other than that, share the links. And like Peggy was saying, take care of yourself. You know, be selfish in a wise way. Because if you let yourself fall apart, you don't take care of your health, you let your emotional and mental state go crazy and under pressure start being mad at everybody. And you're not going to be doing them much good. You've got to take care of yourself no matter what. Not with more and more drugs, but you know, with the suppressed information on natural health that is violently suppressed all over the world right now. Just because it's suppressed, it doesn't mean it's gone. It still works. We talk about that on Planetary Healing Club and to the degree that I can on the public shows as well. So please take care of yourself. You're really important. On a deep level, what we're calling physical reality is a movie. It really is on a, on a much deeper level. It's not a stupid idea. It is happening. And you have tremendous power over what's projected into the movie. That's why what Peggy Hall is demonstrating on projecting positive emotional state while being aware of the so-called reality going on for strategic purposes, that does a great service to everybody in the world and you have exactly the same power that she does so i'm encouraging you to use it get in touch with it um without the drugs or anything get to where you're feeling as good as you can not by faking it because that doesn't that's not sustainable but by letting what's normal come back that's shared automatically even if you don't say anything so anyway I'll stop myself and I'll let you keep going to, into your day or night, whatever you need to do. I really appreciate your being here. I consider you the hope for the future and for the present. So remember who you are and uh, let it broadcast from you. It does anyway all the time. So have a good night. Thanks for being with us. And uh, go to lostartsradio.com and we'll see you here next time. Have a good week. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, 
offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. 
We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.